Hello and welcome to another edition of Fide's Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino and I'm a host and I'm here with talent on loan from Rush. Um, my guest today is Mark Davis Pickup. Um, if you have been an avid listener of mine from the very beginning, you might remember that uh, Mark came on my show uh, somewhat early on in uh, in the start of my show to talk about his uh, phenomenal miracle uh, that occurred in which he was healed. And I'll have him recap that again uh, here in, in the beginning of this conversation. Uh, but he's also taken his experiences in, in many areas and has written, uh, essentially written a screenplay that he's hoping to make into a movie. Uh, in today's age of, uh, of dark movies and dark dark times and issues. It's really, really wonderful to have uh, the opportunity to watch, listen, read uh, something that's inspirational. So Mark Davis, pick up. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So let, let's start off with a, uh, you know, a, a high level view of your miracle. Um, Jerry, I've had multiple sclerosis since 1984. Um, it was really aggressive, and uh, I just got more and more. I would have the, the usual remissions in, in uh, the early days, but they would always go back into attacks. And every time that came out of an attack, there was less function than when I went into it. And over the years, uh, I just got less and less mobile. I went for, to one cane, and then to two canes, and then to crutches, and finally into a wheelchair, and then electric wheelchair. I was what they what my neurologist called uh, triplegic, which means I only had the use of my left hand, and that was all I had. Um, and that was the case for many years, many many years. Um, I was in an electric chair for well, well, well over a decade, mm -hmm. and uh, that was okay. I, I remember in the early days saying to in my prayers, um, Lord, you, I whatever you wanted me to do with this, uh, that I've been given, uh, use me. Mm -hmm. And boy, did he use me. Um, he sent me all across North America, you know, from East coast to West coast, as far North as the, the Yukon and as far South as Louisiana, Boston to Los Angeles, Victoria in Canada to, uh, Halifax. Um, and it, I, I, countless points in between to speak about, the value of human life from conception to natural death, um, whereas my early days had been focused primarily on, on abortion. Um, once I became disabled, my shift moved over to that area. And at that time, really, much of the pro-life movement was involved primarily in abortion. So I took up this, the, the, this uh, pro-life cause at the end of life. And actually, my, my wheelchair became a, a sort of my credential mm -hmm. that I was able to speak to people about life with dignity, not this so-called death with dignity that the uh, death people and uh, elite are now promoting, particularly in Canada. Um, death with dignity isn't an event. It's a process of having lived with dignity. Um, it is a final result. It, it, we do not inject dignity into people with a lethal injection or with poison. And that was essentially my point when it, as I went across the continent. Um, and in 2001, I made a, a video to that effect. Um, 
and that also played across America, North America. So that was the essence of my ministry, was the area of disability, disability inclusion, um, and protecting the lives of the disabled in Canada now, as you know, um, which started out as euthanasia for people with terminal illnesses. They took away the the uh, death within six months criteria and now then and, and focused it on the, the disabled. Um, you can be euthanized in Canada uh, for physical disability. And next year, as of March, Canada will then be, I can barely bring myself to say this, assisting the suicides of the mentally ill. Um, and I, I cannot believe that the country that I was born into, the Christian country that I was born into, has come to this. We've, we've abandoned it. Uh, morality. Yeah, and let me just just stop you for a quick second. And obviously, you could tell how passionate you are about all this. And you know, obviously, you you alluded to Canada. You're so just so my audience knows you you're from Canada. And I I've am. done I've done numerous shows with people from Canada, specifically in regards to the euthanasia issue. Uh, it is it is going rampant there. And, um, and even to the point where it's right around the corner and easily believable that there will be forced euthanasia onto people, even against their will. And the one warning uh, that, uh, those have, have, that I've had on to talk about it is the warning has said, America, it's coming to you too. So, you know, so it is here. And we are, you know, this close, a step away. And when we see all these issues that we're dealing with now, whether it's politicians saying uh, you could, you know, kill a baby even after it's born, but certainly all the way up until birth, and we have all the transgender stuff, uh, it is very easy to believe that it that it is very possible that there will be forced euthanasia. All over. That's absolutely true, Jerry. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, what happened in my case, it, it, my, <laughs> I began speaking in uh, 1994, when, when the first time that Canada considered euthanasia, and I appeared before the uh, parliamentary committee, not the parliamentary, the Senate committee that was studying the issue and essentially telling them not to go this direction. And at that time, they said Canada wasn't ready for it. Um, I ended my speaking career because as time went on, the, my disability progressed and traveling got progressively more difficult. In 2018, I had to, to withdraw from the traveling because it was getting so advanced. And this is a pivotal point that I wanted to make. I then went before the, the Blessed Sacrament and was saying, Lord, you, you, you sent me on this journey now what? Um, could it be possible? And I, I'm, I'm saying essentially what I was praying before the Blessed Sacrament. If it's possible, could I just walk again for a short time? I don't care. With a cane, with two canes, with crutches, a walker, just let me get out of this wheelchair for a little while. I don't care how long it is. And I don't know why I said it, but I said, and if it's possible, could I dance one more time with my wife? And I left it at that. Um, and within a few days, I began to notice slight changes. Uh, 
Then one night, early in the morning, like two, three o'clock in the morning, I was awakened by a presence. It was him. And although it wasn't audible, there was a, an understanding. There was, touch your baby finger of your right hand. I couldn't do that for years, and I did it. Touch the other three. Do it again. I did it for the first time in, I don't know how long. The next thing I knew, I was able to hold a pen. I hadn't been able to do that in 25 years. And so I kept it silent for a little bit. I didn't want to mention it to, to Larry because I didn't know what, what had happened. Was it just temporary? Was it? Well, she came out of the kitchen one, one winter morning and uh, there was a piece of paper on the, on the table. So I wrote my name and it was, as, it was exactly as it had been 25 years earlier. And uh, she started to cry and she said, how did, when did this happen? I said, a couple of days ago, I didn't say anything because I didn't know what to make of it. Um, and a couple of weeks later, I was again at the kitchen table looking out it was at the back into the backyard. And that presence came. It was early in the morning because I get up early. Um, my wife was still in bed. And it, in our kitchen was, was the walker that my mother-in-law had used and she had passed away and that we were sitting in the corner and we weren't knowing, didn't know what to do with it. And that again, not audible, but that presence said, get up and use that walker. Well, I haven't walked in years. My, my legs were popsicle stick thin from, from atrophy, but I was told to do it. So I got up, took the uh, walker and walked five steps. Big, big, I had walked in years. So I did it again and again. So I yelled down to, the, to my wife in, in her bedroom. I said, Lurie, that's my wife's name. Get up, get up. She got up and she opened the door and I said, watch. And I walked with, with the walker. And of course it was very stilted walking, but uh, it was walking. And she literally staggered back. Well, one step, uh, five steps became 10, became 20. And before I knew it, I was walking with the walker up and down the hallway. And pretty soon I got rid of the walker and was walking with two canes. And today, five years later, I'm walking with one cane. Granted, with a limp, but still I'm walking. And this is from a man whose legs were useless mm -hmm. um, five years ago. And that, that, is, that is the miracle. I, the point being, is the true presence of Christ is in the Eucharist. And through Eucharistic worship, we unite ourselves with him. And the prayers that we take before the Blessed Sacrament, we should take seriously um, because the real presence is there. Yeah, wow, that's, that, that is really incredible. And, and uh, yeah, it's just amazing that that's all you can say. So. I should, I should mention, though, that uh, it, it was at that time, I, I again was, said to the Lord, now, what do you want me to do now? And because uh, I can't travel and, and the stuff we're doing now was still still fairly, fairly rough. And so I sat down and started to write the story out. And then the thought came, why not to make it a, 
screenplay. So I started this, this screenplay. I said, Lord, lead me to... Uh, so I did it. And uh, what, what amounted it to, which I started out as to be a short story, landed up a feature-length film uh, script. Uh, and it, there it sits today. Uh, there, there is a, a prolific Christian uh, filmmaker, uh, Kevin Sorbo. I don't know whether you're aware of him. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, um, his wife, Sam, and he are willing to produce the, the, the movie. Um, the, the catch is, I've got to find the find the funds, and uh, as you know, as you know, it's it's not cheap to make a film, so it sits there. There we are. Um, but I uh, I want to place the Blessed Sacrament at the very center of that script. It started out as as a Catholic script, <clears throat> and then uh, I, w- I was told by a uh, a filmmaker that uh, make it generic Christian because it's got a bigger audience, mm-hmm. which I did. And in retrospect, that was a mistake. Um, I, if it was the, if I went before the, the blessed sacrament in Eucharistic worship, that can't be taken out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that has to be part of it. And so what I, 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 I've done is I've returned the script to its Catholic origins. So it's there. It sits well. I think that's good, and it's not a a, a knock towards any non. I'm Catholic as well. It's, it's not a knock not. on non Catholics. It's just telling this that's is your right. story, and this is what happened, and yeah. um, and that's what you're. Just oh being no, true. it's not. I have many evangelical brothers and sisters, um, and I love them dearly. And as you say, this is not a, a, a slap or anything. It is simply recognizing that my. Christianity is, is expressed within the Catholic tradition. So, okay, so you have, and for those watching and not listening, I, uh, you're going to see the the name of the uh, of the screenplay is Transcend, A Journey Toward Love. And um, and I'm actually, in a, in a second, I'm going to um, scroll across the bottom where you can go if you want to, um, if you want to be a part of uh, the capital funding campaign. Uh, I'll actually do that right now. And that uh, it, it is essentially, essentially a love story um, of my my wife, a fictionalized story. So the, the first names are the same, the last names are different. But it's the story of our journey um, from, I'm ashamed to admit this, uh, Jerry, but our, our first child we aborted um, before we were married. And uh, it, so it begins there. And it walks through that transition of that realization of what have we done, um, and the forgiveness that we found in, through that. So there is there's also an outreach to those who have had abortions. Mm-hmm. That uh, in fact, you, there is forgiveness. Yep. And uh, and then it moves into the disability and that that raucous roller coaster ride downhill, and really the. The central figure of this script should be my wife because she was the one. She could have left me. Uh, I was diagnosed at 30, and uh, she too was 30, and she could have left. She was attractive. She's an attractive woman, and she could have found somebody else. And she chose to stay for the sake of love, and she's committed to the to the the sacrament of marriage, and uh, has never waned. So really, she's she's the real person behind the story. I had to go through it. She didn't. 
Um, and so it's that, that when it says transcend, what it is, what's meant there is the, the ability with God's help to transcend above one situation um, and to make the best of what one has um, and use it for God's glory. So you, you had said that the, the story is, um, is fiction, but it's based upon, uh, yeah, it's based yes. upon it's, real events in a sense. Is, is that correct? Ab- absolutely real events. Um, but like I say, it's fictionalized only because there was a few things I had to, to for timing purposes, um, move about. So one thing maybe have happened before that right. the, the script says, but the essence of it is there. And, uh, like I say, it is a Christian love story, pro-life love story, um, that holds up life at the beginning. It holds life up at the end of life. Um, it, it it specifically addresses disability issues and the dignity of all human life. And of course, it, it concludes with that miracle. It concludes with that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's excellent. It's really again, it's inspirational, and it's a type of uh, type of movie and type of thing that we need. Again, with so many things that are dark out there, and and. Absolutely, for sure. So I want to ask you just a, a question just for, you know, something that comes to mind myself. And, and I wonder, curious if you've ever gotten this question from people since you've spoken all over the world. Uh, obviously, many, many, many people of all different denominations, good people pray for miracles, whatever those miracles right. may be, whether it's a health issue or it's, it's something else, and their prayer doesn't get answered. Uh, what what do you say to people uh, who who make that saying? And has anyone asked you that in all your? Absolutely, I've been asked that. Yeah. Um, my journey, as I mentioned earlier, began in 1984, going before the Lord asking for deliverance occurred many times, and most often it was not answered the way I wanted it to be answered. I think in my case, what was needed was to surrender my life in its entirety to the Lord's will. Um, and I discovered that all my whys are answered in Christ. Um, and so my answer to people in that regard, if when they haven't had a, a miracle is, whether we are healed in this life or the next is up to God. And if we are not healed now, there is a purpose for it. There is a purpose in suffering. I know that 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 may seem abhorrent to some people, but there is a purpose in it, and it's a refining purpose. It's making us more fit for heaven, and that is not to take away from the uh, the, the victory that was won at the cross. So it is God's timing, not ours. Um, he's not a sugar daddy to answer our, our prayers. Uh, it's all within His will, and I, I used mine in the context of our Lord's prayer in Gethsemane. When he he prayed three times for deliverance from what he was about to endure, and each prayer was concluded with "Not my will, but your will mm-hmm. be done," and that's how I prayed as well, not knowing what the answer was going to be, but still hoping um, that whatever it was, that Christ would still abide with me, as he had done throughout those all those years. So that is my answer: is trust God that he. he in his providence that he will answer your prayer as it should be answered for your good. Um, and that may be that, that one stays with their disability, but there's a purpose for that. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a great answer because I, you know, at the end of the day, there you, you want to see so many people, especially children, you know, cured of, yes. of diseases and and the like. And and unfortunately, obviously, it, it doesn't you know happen every day. Uh, but you use your disability and you use your miracle to inspire other people and to bring other people closer to God. And that's really the key. You know, that's what, um, you know, so your point is, is regardless of your situation, be grateful for your life and go with it, uh, presuming that that's the way it's supposed to be for whatever reason, even if we don't understand it. And, you know, let's take a really extreme example of a person who is comatose, perhaps from a car accident, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. they're comatose. They're not aware of our uh, of our kindness to them. We aren't. They are not aware, but we're aware. They have a ministry in their silence to us to raise us to a higher standard of love in Christ, and their situation may be for our good, and that may be that may in fact be their ministry of silence. Mm-hmm. That everything happens for a reason. For a purpose that is to glorify God, and we, we, yeah. if we, we relinquish our lives, we can find out what our, our ministry can be in our situation. I'm going to also um, scroll at the bottom for those uh, for those watching, and then uh, certainly, is if you want to go uh, to connect with Mark, uh, the, the website is humanlifematters.org humanlifematters.org and you can check out uh, and connect there and if you know if you want to learn a little bit more about Mark they can, they can also email they can also email me at humanlifematters at shaw s-h-a-w dot c-a okay perfect yep so um, please you know please feel free connect with Mark and if you want to be involved in what he's doing uh, I think certainly think that's a it's a worthy cause and a good investment too um, I, without a question, good Christian um, movies are doing exceptionally well out there. There's yep. especially with so many of the streaming services. You know, you're not subject to just the theater or, or you know HBO. Um, there's so many out there for you. We have that avenue ahead in front of us, and it's a whole evangelism tool that we can use, and we should use. The, the arts were created. By God, to for the sake of beauty, for the sake of of praising Him, and uh, we must not overlook that, particularly at this time when people don't read much anymore. Good. So, any other places that people can connect with you? Well, they could either do it through the uh, through my email or through the blog, um, humanlifematters.org, and I'll, that that'll get to me. Excellent, excellent. Well, great. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for. Um, for writing this screenplay. And I really hope that uh, people connect and people support uh, you in making this uh, movie because I think it could be a great, great success. But, you know, please, everyone listening, please connect, reach out, follow and support in any way you can. Uh, Mark Davis Pickup, uh, author of Transcend, A Journey Towards love so mark thanks so much for coming on well and thank you for your for your podcast it, 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 
that uh, really appreciate it. My pleasure. My my pleasure. It is all mine. And thank all of you for listening to this episode of Fide's podcast. Please check out all my podcasts all the podcasts on YouTube, on Rumble, and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Media.com and on WHK Radio slash podcast.com. So thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Save your breath, so what's wrong my tongue? Save your voice, speak for everyone. It's the same story, different day. Oh,